Hello and welcome to Cross Street Coaching. I'm your host, Jason, from Hawthorne Union. This show is designed to be bite-sized information on personal growth, career, and leadership development, and professional coaching. All right, and we're back with another episode of Cross Street Coaching. And with me today is a very special guest, Diana. Heyo. And how do you like to be introduced? So I would love for you to introduce me, preferably with air horn. <laughs> I can I can gladly do that. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And that's it. That's all. No, I mean, I, what do you have to say? You're I host of the show. Yeah. And usually I ask, how do you like to be introduced? And I would like you to introduce me. Okay. So this is Diana Ideas, <laughs> and she is the founder of Hawthorne Union. And Hawthorne Union is the coaching firm that I hail from. Thank goodness. And also inspiration for the show and a lot of inspiration for the work that I do in coaching. And she is soon to be a master coach. Hopefully. OG of the coaching world. Badass of all things. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And thank you for that introduction. Now you see why I wanted you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. So why did you agree to talk to me today? Uh, because I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm glad. I've always wanted someone to say that. <laughs> I'm your biggest <laughs> fan of the podcast, probably. I know, I'm sure you have other fans out there that would say the same, but I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, all 10, 15 yeah, of them. all 10,000. So, Diana, what do you like about the podcast? I love the variety. Mm-hmm. I love how honest you are, how you just lay yourself out there, how people come and the coaching is there. I love the amazing people that you've brought on. I love it. Big fan. Excellent. And so what would you like to talk about this evening? Well, I know the question that you normally ask how people support, you know, how those who support support themselves And I figured it would make sense for us to talk about the name Hawthorne Union because the support's laced into that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's a lot of history, obviously, in why Hawthorne Union has taken this new venture. So where would you like to start? Where would you like to start? Why don't you start with why it's called Hawthorne Union? (laughs) Yeah, sorry. The annoying thing about (laughs) interviewing coaches, I'm sure. So I wasn't sure what to call Hawthorne Union for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And because I wanted it to be at the cross section or cross street, as they say, between mentor coaching and training coaches, and then also working with leaders. So I wanted a clean URL and I wasn't sure what that would be. And finally, uh, someone said to me, look, the name of your business doesn't have to be what your business is. And so then that opened up a new world to figure out, okay, what, do, what, can this name be? What should this business be? And I learned to coach at 55 Hawthorne in San Francisco. And so that's when I started thinking about, okay, what about something with Hawthorne? And there's actually a Hawthorne effect, which Mm -hmm. I probably should have looked up before coming on this podcast. (laughs) But it's the idea that people do better if you're watching them, which is kind of an interesting parallel to the coaching world, right? Not that we're creepily watching people, but that we're, I hope not. you know, that we're trying to, you know, participate in their lives and hold that mirror up. And so then as I was looking at, because Hawthorne Union was originally designed to be coach training where coaches could own the content and it, I looked up, you know, should it be Hawthorne Collective, Hawthorne Group? I think it's cool that even Jesse has called us a collective of coaches. And um, at the time, I was 
at Inside Track, which was an amazing company where I trained at 55 Hawthorne in San Francisco. 10 years later, I was in the Nashville office on the corner of Second and Union. And so when I saw a street sign uh, advertisement in a catalog called Uncommon Goods, I went and looked up Hawthorne Union and sure enough, clean URL. And there we go. And the rest is, as I say, history. Yeah. I mean, it's what's cool, though, it's cool to see how the name has taken shape and each person that's a part of Hawthorne Union changes it a little bit. So one of my best friends who was my office spouse in the different coaching centers, she'll refer to the rise of the union. Mm -hmm. And then you have cross street coaching and Jesse calls us the Hawthorne union. And, um, you know, the first year of being a full-time entrepreneur, a significant part of my revenue came from folks that I trained with at Hawthorne and, you know, in their thank yous, I said, you know, the thanks for putting the Hawthorne and Hawthorne Union. So it's neat to watch it take shape. And now the students and the coaches that we're able to have as part of the union. So it's to me, when we think about how do you get support, there's not a personal or professional milestone in my life since 2005, when I trained as a coach that hasn't been witnessed, supported, cheers on, hold your hair back let me coach you through this from someone from either Hawthorne or union. And I'm so thankful. What are you thankful most for? I mean, it's a sweet life to be surrounded by coaches all day. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> What's the sweetest part about it? Uh, you know, coaches are so, as you know, so self-reflective, so open, so committed. And also, you know, we talk about it takes a village, but when your village is made up of coaches, damn, that's <laughs> a serious, it's like a village of superheroes. That's a serious upgrade. And how does that differ? Because in this, in this client relationship space, a lot of times these environments are very competitive and your approach is that community driven and doesn't seem to be, from my opinion, being very competitive base where everyone is your competitor and you have to worry about them stealing the secret recipe to the hot sauce. So can you talk a little bit about what it's like to approach it from more of a collaborative point of view and how that has impacted your business sense for better or for worse? Sure. Yeah. So in training, so I was trained, I was hired in a cohort of 20 coaches and folded into, at the time, there were 100 employees. But there were literally coaches everywhere. And they would partner us up, and they would put us in different seats, and then they would change our seats so that we could hear each other coach. And we were on teams, and we had peer coaching and mentor coaching. So my history is very entrenched in a community of coaches. And actually, when people left Inside Track, I think the hardest thing for them was having that community but when I left Inside Track, it was for organizational development. And then also Inside Track trained me to be a coach trainer and build sustainable coaching programs. So wherever I go, I just train coaches. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, which I think, which many coaches are, right? We, you know, shout out to my internal coaches out there. But, you know, for a lot of folks on the external side, you know, we do have to look at how are we bringing in business? What's that business savvy? But I believe in the spirit of abundance and it's been amazing. You know, when I went to speak to ICF Oregon, 
that's run by people who run a coaching school. And she's like, no, I believe in abundance. Welcome to the show, you know, and we have essence of mastery coming up, which I'm really excited about. And, you know, what a modeling of abundance. So I believe as coaches, we need to raise the bar, not just for our clients, but for ourselves. And if we buy into this scarcity mentality, or we think that there's not enough clients, one of my uh, coach who I work with locally, uh, she says, look, I just need 20 clients. She's like, there's 20 for me. There's 20 for (laughs) you. Like there's enough to go around. So I just, I think it's a choice, right? We can choose to say, oh, there's not enough. And if you have a big piece of the pie, then I don't get a big piece of the pie. But I mean, hey, man, pie for everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what is the ideal state if there is enough pie for everyone? Mm -hmm. For Hawthorne Union? For Hawthorne Union and coaching as an industry. I mean, I think what's amazing, and this is coming up with a lot of the contract coaching gigs, is that there's companies out there who want to offer coaching as a benefit, and they're Mm -hmm. trying to democratize coaching. And so we're in a really interesting time. So when I originally got certified and I was mentoring coaches, I was like, look, you know, you have to decide if you want to do this or not, because for the most part, your clients don't care. Now you have companies that are specifically looking for internationally credentialed coaches. And so, you know, but there are also employees asking for this. And Mm -hmm. what's happening is the kind of, I don't know if democratization is a word, (laughs) but, you know, taking it just from the executive and the C-suite and moving that down to leaders of all levels, which I know a lot of companies and folks out there are looking for how, you know, how do we make it accessible to everybody? You have places like inside track or coaches that focus on students. You know, there's a lot of people that offer pro bono coaching, whether they're getting their hours or anything like that. So if, Everybody, so Inside Track did a study where essentially the, if coaching was a drug, it would be unethical not to offer it to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because they have a lot of the background because they started coaching so long ago. So I think if there's enough pie for everyone, you know, it's about everyone having access to coaching if that's something that they're looking for. Because to me, it's about support, like who in your life supports you and champions you. And it's amazing to be a coach and be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that attracts me to coaching is just how much activity there is in someone truly feeling heard and being able to not necessarily go know that they're going through a process, even though coaching is sort of a process, but just having someone that is objective and just in their corner and how powerful that can be and how transformative. But for those people that haven't experienced coaching, how would you explain what it is that you're doing? Sure. So did you want me to also answer the, what's the vision for Hawthorne Union? Or you want me to answer that other one? Why don't you start with the vision for Hawthorne Union and then explain what it is Hawthorne Union does, aka what is coaching? Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Those were big questions. Nothing. Yeah. No no shortage. (laughs) So as far as the vision for Hawthorne Union, it's still taking shape. So Hawthorne Union, I designed to be my retirement plan. Mm -hmm. You know, let's create some awesome classes, have amazing, captivating, continuing education for coaches, and then also have a business entity where I could coach people on the side. And now it's become my full-time gig. And I have some amazing people that are supporting me in that. And I hope, you know, will continue to support me as far as where it goes. You know, I think, I think it's really up to the union 
to decide, right? I mean, we're still going to be producing those ICF approved courses. You know, we're doing some amazing work with assessments like the Enneagram and predictive index and really building out the consulting piece. My friend Jason Spector is interested in building a new coach training program. Hey, that's me. (laughs) Totally is. So there's, there's a lot on the horizon. And I just think, you know, the people that are a part of Hawthorne Union and I'm so thankful for are just so gifted and innovative and committed to coaching and coaching quality. So whether that's to our clients in their respective businesses and lives, or whether that's to coach education, continuing or new. So I just think there's a lot of potential out there. Yeah. And so for those, I guess, who are just tuning in, I mean, it's a podcast. I don't know if you can sure. randomly tune, tune in, in to man. 10 minutes into the, <laughs> into, the show, I know, <laughs> into the show. But how would you explain the type of coaching that Hawthorne Union does? Well, I think it's interesting. It probably depends on who you get paired with. Mm-hmm. But it's really important to have that high quality partnership So, you know, as someone who is a candidate for my MCC portfolio, and then also right now, all of Hawthorne Union is credentialed coaches. So really having coaching be the pure version of coaching where we're partnering with the client and making sure that, you know, we see the clients as resourceful and whole. And how are we supporting that? Now, we do consulting and we do training. So there's value in all of that. But I think the coaching, especially because we train and work with coaches, I think it's really important that we model what coaching is per the International Coaching Federation's guideline of that. And we have new core competencies out about that, that we really continue to set the bar for coaching quality as far as the kind of purest version. Interesting. And you talked a little bit earlier about Hawthorne Union being about coaching, coaching classes. And that's kind of when I came on board. So do you want to talk a little bit more about the, the transition from it being your side gig into being a continually coach education provider, continuing coach education provider? Yeah. So my hope was, you know, having designed content for a few companies the companies own that content. And I've worked for amazing companies and it doesn't mean they wouldn't share the content with me. But part of the vision for Hawthorne Union is where coaches could design content to train other coaches, come teach that content, and then own the content. So while I hope nobody in Hawthorne Union ever leaves, (laughs) that's those are their classes. And I think that that's really important. You know, it's important for us to have our own intellectual property and be able to come to the table and bring coaching. Um, as far as kind of having that be a side thing or a full-time thing, I moved, I made a transition, moved into a new community. There was a planned full-time role, but then um, that turned more into kind of contract work. And the thing is, is that I had been planning on teaching classes since I got my PCC in 2010 or 11. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I always had a full-time job. So I, I didn't have the capacity to necessarily put into it. And when I was working as a contractor, then it, it felt like, okay, you know what? It's Hawthorne Union's time. And so 2019 launched our first classes. And uh, that's exciting. And what does Hawthorne Union's time look like today? What does the time look like? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, you said it's Hawthorne Union's time. Oh, yeah. Right? 
Well, I think it's, it's honestly, it's being co-created, you know? So part of what I've learned as a coach is not necessarily have a plan. I mean, the plan was, okay, well, Hawthorne Union is going to be my retirement, my residual income, a place for coaches I really care about to, to teach classes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now it's interesting as we do a lot of consulting work, a lot of building businesses and supporting, you know, via business coaching. There's a podcast. There's an amazing podcast. I don't know if you've heard it. It's called Cross Street Coaching by Jason Spector. No, I'm sorry. I haven't heard of it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's we got Jesse and Rusty writing books. Paul joined us for supervision. You know, it's it's just really, you know, you and I are working on a collaboration coming out, listen, mentor coaching for coaches. So it's it's neat to see what's taking shape. Um, in the different paths. So one thing that I really enjoy is that I've talked to a lot of people that as an internal coach, transitioning towards doing external work is that a lot of people that experience internal coaching does it as a function of their current job. But whenever you talk to those people, they say, oh man, given the opportunity, I would just love to do coaching full time. What would you say to people that are feeling like in that position, whereas your scenario was a little bit more, sounds like... Wing and a prayer. <laughs> wing, wing and a prayer. <laughs> yeah. So I recommend not winging and praying it. <laughs> that <laughs> okay. was a mouthful. Uh, I didn't plan on doing that. Uh, so the thing is, is that I really... What's amazing is there are amazing coaches out there who are not making a living and there are people making a living out there who are not amazing coaches. And obviously we don't want to just stay in those kind of dichotomies, mm -hmm. but for a coach, internal coaching has so much value, has so much benefit. You know, there are, there are those advantages. If you like being a jack of all trades, if you like that steady paycheck, if you like that consistent health insurance, enjoy it while you got it guys. <laughs> you know, there's, there's advantages to that. But as far as, as far as if, folks are planning on or thinking about going out on their own, I recommend you start via side hustle and start building up that revenue, start building that following, seeing what your, um, I don't think people have to pick a niche. Um, but at the same time, see what you like doing. So for example, when I moved back to California, I had a lot of people ask me if I do life coaching and I was like, sure, I do all types of coaching. Like mm -hmm. what you got. But then what I realized for myself, I prefer, business or kind of management mixed in with the life coaching. So it doesn't mean that if someone specifically was looking for life coaching that I wouldn't work for them, but it's, it's not kind of my market. So, so much of being successful has to do with marketing and revenue streams and your risk tolerance and resilience and savings is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Safety nets are nice. Um, but you know, ultimately know thyself. And that's really, that's what we're asking our clients to do. And that's what we have to do as coaches. If you're someone who is like, you know what, this is my dream and I can't do it the methodical way. I need to just take a leap and see what happens. Well, great. Take a, you know, check with your people and <laughs> make sure you have a village and then take that leap. That's interesting. So niche coaching seems to be a very, very hot topic that I see over and over and over and social media support for coaches. Do you think you have a niche? Well, I mean, I just so that I don't get a blank stare from people when they're like, who do I refer to you? And I say anyone, and then mm -hmm. they think I haven't done my homework. What I usually tell people is that 
I coach executives or leaders, and then I also train coaches. Um, that kind of gives them two gigantic buckets, but I never wanted to choose. I really like working with people who work in corporate. I also like working with entrepreneurs. I like middle management. I like CEOs. I like training coaches of all levels. One of my favorite things about being a mentor coach is I have health coaches and spiritual coaches and executive coaches and life coaches and, and the abundance of that, so to speak, the, the, all the flavors of pie. I mean, why commit to one flavor of pie? (laughs) So, um, in my coaching program, when they told us to niche, I understand why people niche from a marketing perspective, but in my experience, you know, someone will say, okay, like I'm going to coach moms on, you know, being empowered women and, you know, figuring out what their life is after they've had their kids. And then they're like, okay. And then I have all these amazing male executives who are all of a sudden my clients. So I just don't think, I don't really like limiting it. I like the, the doors to be open. Yeah. I find that it's really curious that a lot of people who are in this corporate world want to branch out on their own, but it is because of their corporate experience that they, they found coaching and that they found people to coach. And if you strip that away automatically, is there the same value? And on the same respect is that you say you're a professional executive coach, but you have no problem doing life coaching because life happens when you're a working professional. Exactly. So. What would you say to those people that are trying to to strip away the the very reason that they got into coaching and do just just coaching? Yeah, I mean, I say you do you boo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's if you're if you're specifically talking about people who want to go on their own. Yes. Right? If you want to go out in business on your own, you better get ready to face your I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. There's no swearing. Face your ish. <laughs> I guess you can swear. <laughs> right? That's not swearing. <laughs> I think I should shit once on the podcast. Okay. You better get ready to face your shit. Yeah. Because every, you know, I found for myself and and I want to give a shout out to Hawthorne Union because I was coached by everyone on it while, you know, establishing myself as an entrepreneur, but you are your business. And so your life and your blind spots, regardless of how much work you do, comes up. So one of the things is that came up for you and a uh, discussion between you and I again is that you were the reluctant reluctant mm, entrepreneur. Truth. So can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be the reluctant entrepreneur yeah. and that support that village that you did have as that transition was a little bit more rough than what you anticipated. Yeah, so I it's funny. I years ago, years and years ago, I was told by an astrologer who, you know, read my chart when I was born, like had worked with my dad before he even met my mom. I connected with her after my dad died and would talk to her every once in a while just to, you know, get some get some guidance, see what the universe had in mind for me. And so she told me to be an entrepreneur for years, and I was like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> I'm good. And she kept bringing it up. And at one point, years later, I said, you know, the autonomy in my work is really important to me. And she was like, well, yeah, that's because you're supposed to be an entrepreneur. And she said, if you can't do it for financial reasons, I understand, but this is really what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'll, <laughs> I'll stay here with my paycheck and my sick time. Thank you. Uh, and then um, my one of my coaches, who's just incredible and uh, now also is very psychic 
and said the same thing. He was like, why aren't you an entrepreneur? Like, this is, this is like part of your path. And same thing. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm chilling. So, um, what's interesting to me is I had the two most kind of intuitive psychic, whatever word you want to use for it, telling me that I was, you know, destined, so, so to speak to be an entrepreneur. And I just, you know, I just opted out. I, I thought, you know, I, I had my own work to do around it. I mean, my dad was an amazing entrepreneur, but I mean, it's, it's hard. It's feast and famine. Um, my ex-husband was an entrepreneur and, you know, in supporting him, I always associated myself more with steady Betty as opposed to the entrepreneur. So for me, part of being the reluctant entrepreneur is it wasn't my plan. I didn't, I was a little bitter about it. I didn't sign up for this. I wouldn't have moved to a community where I didn't really know people without a cash reserve and decided to be an entrepreneur full time. Like that doesn't on paper, that's a terrible idea. Like it's <laughs> not, you know, for me being the reluctant entrepreneur was an identity shift, honestly, you know, to even see myself as an entrepreneur. And that was a lot of work. And, you know, I had a coaching session with you about celebrating my wins. Cause I realized I wasn't celebrating my wins enough. And, Rusty <laughs> said, why are you looking over your shoulder? Like you're in a scary movie when there's rainbows and unicorns. And, you know, Jesse really helped me with the, you know, for a second, I called myself a temporary entrepreneur and I said, but I don't know how temporary this is. And so it, it really was a uh, more of an identity journey for me than I expected. Cause it was something you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there, either they want to be entrepreneurs and that's what they've always wanted, or there's people who are like, I can't work for anyone else. So I'm going to work for myself. And I just have never identified with that. So it was a big shift. So now that you are this entrepreneur that you fought so hard I know, to get away from. So hard. Me against the universe, man. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. What does your village look like? What does your support look like? Yeah. Good question. It's even bigger, which is amazing. You know, I have all the Hawthorns and then I have the unions. Um, I have amazing family support. I have amazing friends in my life. You know, the community of coaches, you know, again, to commit to this community, you know, everywhere, everywhere you go. I mean, coaches are great people, right? Mm -hmm. Whether aspiring coaches or they've been coaching forever, like talk about nice people who look in the mirror and hold the mirror up and invite you to be better. So, you know, the, to me, the name Hawthorne Union, because people are like, is that a bank? <laughs> right? Like, what is that? Uh, but to me, it's a shout out to community. It's a shout out to support because that's, that's really what it is. It's, it's specifically drawing on the community of Hawthorne in San Francisco. And then the name came from Nashville and, and the union. But, you know, just even looking at, you know, Paul came in and you came in as pure union, right? Mm -hmm. And where will we be without you and coach Paul? I never want to know. I know. I, I couldn't even guess. <laughs> I never want to know. Guess. There'd be no cross street coaching. So yeah, I don't know if I'm really answering your questions. I also think you wanted me to define coaching as a whole, which I definitely haven't gotten to yet. I think, I think you define coaching, but the central idea of this, sh this show is how those who support other people. So support themselves. So Diana, how do you sharpen mm -hmm. your saw? How do you support yourself? Yeah. So I lean in heavily to my village. That's the nice thing about Hawthorne Union is that at any point at any time, there's people you can call and get a coaching session from. 
Uh, for me, and this is parallel to a lot of what Jesse talked about, I physical activity is important. So for me, I like to swim or be at the water, potentially both in any given day. The ocean, watching the ocean crash against something makes me feel insignificant. And I think some people don't want to feel insignificant, but for me, it's great perspective. And, um, I have amazing family and friends. So, and then also I think it's, it's recognizing that when we feel vulnerable or when we feel like we don't know how to do something or we're reluctant or it's hurt, (laughs) right? The unit feels like the universe is kicking us in the teeth a little bit, choosing to have that perspective and choosing to have that humility. Cause I do think it's really important that we embrace our own learning curves because otherwise, how are we supposed to show up for our clients? Very well said. So Diana, where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Yeah. Not on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, So thankfully, Jason does all the social media. Bless you. (laughs) No problem. Not in the Southern way, in the the genuine way. Uh, So Hawthorne Union is where I spend my time. And then also I'm on LinkedIn. But I really encourage people take a class. And we have a book that's coming out in the next couple months called Listen, Mentor Coaching for Coaches. Um, so that'll be a fun and also visual collaboration between Jason and myself. Get to know me and us a little bit better. Um, but for the most part, you know, love that interaction, love that coach community. I'm currently in Pismo Beach, uh, spending some time with the, we have slow coaches down there. So coaching community there. Um, also want to give a shout out to the ICFLA. So the Los Angeles chapter, which is how I met Paul. Um, just great community coaches. So, I mean, everywhere you go, right. The radiant coaches in Nashville, who I've had the opportunity to mentor, you know, it's just as far as where people find me, if you're interested in learning more about coaching, or if you're interested, Hawthorne union still does free sessions. So, um, you know, if you're one of my favorite ways to get to know someone is via coaching session. So just put it out there. Okay. So we'll leave it there for tonight. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. And until next time. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. For more information on Hawthorne Union, you can go to www.hawthorneunion.com or reach us at info at hawthorneunion.com. Thank you.